Welcome to Sermons from Bailey Road. You are about to hear a sermon given at Bailey Road Baptist Church. Bailey Road is a small Bible-believing church located in North Jackson, Ohio, and is pastored by Pastor Aaron Smith. We are dedicated to serving the Lord through our people and through our teaching. We hope you are enlightened by today's message, and again, welcome to Bailey Road Baptist Church. Last week, we ended in Mark chapter number 13. I want to read to you again the end of Mark chapter 13 where Jesus is speaking. So if you found Mark chapter 14, I want you to look back at Mark chapter 13. Where he says in verse number 32, But of that day and that hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels which are in heaven, neither the Son, but the Father. Take ye heed, watch and pray. For ye know not when the time ends. The Son of Man is as a man taking a far journey. He left his house, gave authority to his servants, and to every man his work, and commanded the porter to watch. Watch ye therefore, for ye know not when the master of the house cometh. At even or at midnight, or at the cock crowing, or in the morning, lest suddenly he find you sleeping. What I say unto you, I say unto all, watch. Now as we looked at this passage last week, we noticed And I hope you marked in your Bibles last week those four times where Jesus said, watch. Verse 33, he said, watch. Again in verse 34, he said, watch. Verse 35, he said, watch. Verse 37, he said, watch. The very last thing he said was, watch. We encouraged you last week by asking the question, who's watching? And ask the question, who's going to watch? Who will watch? I want to remind you and draw your attention to verse number 36 where it says, lest suddenly he find you sleeping. Lest suddenly he find you sleeping. Verse 37, I say unto you, I say unto all, watch. Now we come to chapter 14. I want to jump into the middle of the chapter in verse number 32. We'll read down a few verses. Hopefully you'll see why we make comment back to chapter 13 here in just a moment. Verse number 32, the Bible says, and they came to a place which was named Gethsemane. He saith to his disciples, Sit ye here while I pray. And he taketh with him Peter, James, and John, and began to be sore amazed, and to be very heavy. And saith unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful unto death. Tarry ye here and watch. Mark that 
phrase once again in verse number 34, that word, watch. Circle it, underline it, whatever you want to do. Then it says in verse number 35, and he went forward a little and fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible that the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible unto thee. Take this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what thou wilt. And he cometh and findeth them sleeping. And saith unto Peter, Simon, sleepest thou? Couldst not thou watch one hour? Watch ye and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. Spirit truly is ready, but the flesh is weak. And again he went away and prayed and spake the same words. When he returned, he found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. Neither wist they what to answer. And he cometh the third time and saith unto them, Sleep on now, take your rest, it is enough. The hour is come, behold, the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise up, let us go. Lo, he that betrayeth me, is at hand. I want you to mark there again in verse number 38, where he says once again, Watch ye and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. The Spirit is truly ready, but the flesh is weak. I want to preach this morning on this subject. It's hard to watch and pray. When you're tired, it's hard to watch and pray when you're tired. Last week, we asked who's watching, who will pray. This week, we find Jesus coming and asking, giving again this command, watch. Watch and pray. And the disciples right in the midst of it. Following us. Even giving the command in chapter 13, lest he find you sleeping. And he comes right in the midst and finds the disciples right after he asked them to watch. They're sound asleep. I wonder this morning, is anyone sleeping? And I'm not talking spiritually or physically this morning. Of course, we joke from time to time about people sleeping during a sermon. That doesn't offend me, by the way. If, it's, if the sermon's bad enough for you to sleep, go right ahead. Just don't snore. That's the only thing I ask. That'll disturb your neighbor. That's the only reason. But if you need to sleep, you sleep on. That's my only rule. 
just don't smell. But hey, what about spiritually? Jesus said, watch and pray. Lest he find you sleeping. Who's sleeping? Who's asleep during this time? Who's working? Again, as a church, we must be about the business that God has called us to. We cannot be inwardly focused about what is best for us. We must be about the Great Commission. We must be about what God has called us to. We must be about the lost. We must be about those that God We must be about what God sent Jesus Christ. Sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross. Save them that are lost. You see, we have the message. We have the message of the gospel. And he said, watch and pray. Why? Because one day, going to be a reckoning. One day there's going to be a time when the church is called away. One day there's going to be a time when this earth will be no more. One day there's going to be a judgment day when every man will give an account. Oh, one day All will stand before God. Give an account for what they have done with Jesus Christ. One day, may I remind you, you and I will stand before God and give an account for those that we told probably just as equally as important those that we did not tell about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Who have we told? Who have we not told? Who have we had opportunity to I ask the question once again, who's watching? Who's sleeping? Let's pray together. We'll get started. Our Heavenly Father, I thank You. God, You've given so much to us. You've given us opportunity simply by allowing us to be alive. Go and tell. God, you have given us opportunity to share the gospel of your wonderful Son, Jesus Christ. You have saved us. You have separated us. You have instructed us. Father, I pray that as a church, you would ever be watching. 
and alert and alive. Awake. About your business. Going forward with the gospel. Investing in the lives of those around us. The communities that you have placed us in. God, would you give us a burden? We might help instruct. Invest in their lives. And plant within them the glorious gospel of your son Jesus Christ. Father, may we be watching. Help us in this. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. It's hard to watch and pray when you're tired. I want to give you an introduction here into Mark chapter 14. If you'll go back a few verses here, we find in the very beginning, and I'm going to give this first part to you pretty fast. It should be, I hope, somewhat familiar to you. And so I'm going to give it to you fairly quickly. In the beginning part of Matthew or Mark chapter 14, rather, we find the feast of the Passover is happening and the chief priests and the scribes are trying to figure out how they're going to uh, catch and arrest Jesus and put Him to death. They are growing increasingly irritated by His teaching and by not just His teaching, but really the gathering and the fame that He has gathered unto Himself and about Himself. And so they, are, of course, are fearful of the uproar of the people, and so they didn't want to do it at this time, but What's happened here, we find in the first nine verses or so, from verse 3 to verse 9, we find first the misunderstood preparation for burial. Of course, in Bethany, he's eating at Simon the leper's house, and a woman comes in who has an alabaster box of ointment. It's a very special, precious box, and she comes in and breaks it over and puts it on his head, and begins to anoint him, and they're sitting there, and it says in verse number 4 that they had some great indignation within themselves, wondering why was the waste of the ointment made. It says in verse number 5 that it might have been sold for more than 300 pence, and been given to the poor, and they murmured against her. They didn't care for what she did. And Jesus said in verse number 6, Let her alone. Why trouble ye her? She hath wrought a good work on me. For ye have the poor with you always. Whensoever ye will, ye may do them good. But me ye have not always. She hath done what she could. She has come aforehand to anoint my body to the burying. Verily I say unto you, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached throughout the whole world, all, the whole world, this also she hath done shall be spoken afore memorial of her. They misunderstood what she done. They wanted to know, why is this waste made? So much could have been done, but they misunderstood what was being done there. Jesus is doing some teaching here, and 
Oh, what a teaching is being done. And I remind you in this of a couple of things. One, while Jesus says, and this is just this is free right here, but notice while he's talking about the poor, I want to talk about those that you love. He says, The poor you have with you always, whenever whensoever ye will, do do unto them good, but me ye have not always. She had done what she could. She has come beforehand to anoint my body to the bearing. You know, we, we sometimes wait until those that we love are dead to speak nicely of them. Don't wait. Don't wait. Do it now. Tell them now. You have no idea what tomorrow may bring. I don't know if this woman had an idea of even what she was doing. She just wanted to bless the Lord. And so she came and she brought what she had, the best that she had. She gave it unto the Lord. She poured it all over. He said she had done what she could. I asked this morning, are you doing what you can? When it comes to God, are you doing what you can? Are you doing what you could? Or is God the afterthought? Let me ask you something. Does God get your leftovers? Or does He get your firsts? You know, there's a principle in the Word that God should get the firsts. Amen. God should get the first that we have, not the last. But I think so often in our culture, everything we do, God gets the last. If there's time left over at the end of the day, we might pray. You want to know why we don't? read our Bibles usually, what we say is we don't have time. Well, if it was the first thing that we did, there would be plenty of time, wouldn't there? Amen. If God got our first, then there would be time. But no, who gets the first? Who usually gets the first? I do. And you do. And so by the time if you think about it, God just gets the leftovers. And He gets the leftovers of everything. He gets the leftovers of our time. He gets the leftovers of our money. He gets the leftovers in our relationships. He gets the, he gets the leftovers of everything. And we wonder why we're struggling in everything we do. Because God gets the leftovers. And Jesus said here, He said, she has done what she could. They misunderstood this preparation. I want you to see something. I don't know if you've ever noticed this or not. But as she came in, there was a great indignation. She broke open this box. She did everything that she could. It was in this moment that we find in verse number 10, 
that Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve, went unto the chief priest to betray him unto them. When they heard it, they were glad. And they promised to give him money. And he sought how he might conveniently betray him. Now it appears, as we see this second point, we find this monumental partnership of betrayal. Two are connected. It appears the two are connected. Verse number four, there were some that had indignation within themselves of this waste of the ointment that was made. 300 pence it could have been made. She had just sold it. That's what Judas apparently had thought. And apparently he was so upset that this waste was made. And it was over. It was in that moment he left Simon's house. Went and found the chief priest. They conspired together for the betrayal. Hello? Over what? Over money. What it was over. And listen, it wasn't just over the 30 pieces of silver that Judas received. Sometimes we think that. Oh, he received this money to get it. No, it was more than that. It was over the ointment. It was over what he considered was a waste that was made. It was over some indignation. It was over these, these feelings. You need to watch your feelings. Your feelings get stirred up, don't they? Yeah, they do. Misunderstood preparation, the monumental partnership of betrayal. Then we find again another familiar portion, the masterful presentation of brokenness. Verse number 12, the first day of the unleavened bread, they, when they killed the Passover, his disciples said unto him, where, where might they go to prepare and they might eat of the Passover? So we find this, what we would consider to be the Last Supper, and we find them going. And of course, this, I'm not going to take the time to read the, the full passage here, but this is the passage of Scripture where they go to the upper room and Jesus and His disciples are eating. If you'll drop down to uh, verse number 20, 
says, And he said unto them, It is one of the twelve that dippeth with me in the dish, talking about him that betrayeth. He says, The Son of Man indeed goeth as it is written of him, but woe unto the man, or that man, by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. Good were it for that man that if he had never been born. And as they did eat, Jesus took bread and blessed, broke it, gave it to them and said, Take, eat, this is my body. He took the cup and he had given thanks, gave it to them. They all drank of it. And he said unto them, This is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many. Verily I say unto you, I will drink no more of the fruit of the vine till that day that I drink it new in the kingdom of God. When they had sung in him, they went out into the Mount of Olives. And Jesus saith unto them, And ye shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd, the sheep shall be scattered. But after thee I am risen, I will go before thee, or before you into Galilee. But Peter, you might want to circle that, underline that, but Peter. But Peter said unto him, Although all shall be offended, yet will not I. Yet will not I. Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, that this day, even in this night, before the cock crow twice, thou shalt deny me thrice. But he spake more vehemently, If I should die with thee, I will not deny thee in any wise. Likewise, also said they all. Peter, in all of his exuberance, spoke foolishly. Jesus just again gave his masterful presentation of brokenness, the passage that we go to each time we take the Lord's table in a picture of his death broken body and the bread and his shed blood and the juice. This is where it is. He tells them, you're all about to be offended in me. You're about to be offended in me. Peter says, no, sir. No, not me. Jesus says, yeah, you will. As a matter of fact, you're going to deny me three times. Before the cock grows twice, you'll deny me three times, Peter. And He says, never. And all of the disciples agreed and said, no, uh-uh, not us. No, sir. Listen. Hard to watch and pray when you're tired. Jesus comes. 
says, okay. Now they're at Gethsemane. He leaves the disciples and he just brings with him Peter, James, and John. Jesus is, in his knowing what's coming, he is starting to get emotional. He is getting heavy. The Bible describes to us in verse number 33. And he says, sit here while I shall pray. And he takes Peter, James, and John and began to get sore amazed and to be very heavy. And in verse number 34, he says, My soul is exceeding sorrowful unto death. Tarry ye here and watch. So we find number four, the master's plea to watch. Once again, the master's plea to watch. I want to remind you, this is the second plea. He already gave it back in chapter 13. Watch. There's coming a time, just like the master that left, watch. And I say unto all, watch, because you know not the hour. He says, I'm going to go pray. You three watch. If you have noticed this, he went a little further. Went forward a little. Fell on the ground. Prayed. I don't know what that, what you picture in your mind. But Jesus is... He's passionate here. He fell on the ground. That's a little bit more than just, you know, just kneeling. Because it doesn't say he knelt on the ground. It'd be one thing if he just knelt. He fell on the ground. I think there was a little bit more into it. Fell. There's the disciples. They're seen. He said, you watch. There's three of them. I want to remind you, this is the inner circle. Peter, James, and John. Hey, can I remind you? Peter, James, and John, they were the ones that were on top of the mount when Jesus talked with Moses and Elijah. They were the ones, Peter was the one, that when Jesus talked with Moses and Elijah that said, ho, 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 it's a good thing that we were here today. We need to build a tabernacle. We need to build a building. One for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. The good thing we were here today. Same ones. Hey, this was Peter, James, and John. The same ones. That when they were walking, when the woman that stopped Jarius 
and Jesus, the woman that had the issue of blood, stopped him and touched the hem of his garment, and she was healed. And Jairus' daughter died. It was Peter, James, and John that got to go in to the house and watch Jesus raise the little girl from the dead. Same ones. Whew. They were on. They were on the inside. They were the same ones that Jesus said, hey, y'all watch. Jesus falls. He begins praying. Lord, take this. Take this. Take away this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what thou wilt. And he cometh, findeth them asleep. And he saith unto Simon, Sleepest thou? Hey, Simon, fellas. All of you are going to be offended at me tonight. No, sir. Not me. Yeah, you. No. Never. Look, before the cock crows twice, you're going to deny me thrice. Never. Not me. I'll go to the end for you. Okay. Can you not watch for one hour? Evidently not. Again, verse 38, Watch ye and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. Spirit truly is ready. Flesh is weak. The master's plea to watch. Again, we, we've read this already, but Jesus goes back and prays again. They fall asleep again. Three times this happens. Because it's hard to watch and pray when you're tired. We find what happens after he comes back the third time. He wakes them up. They go with the other disciples. Verse 43 says, And immediately while he yet spake, Judas, one of the twelve, and with him a great multitude with swords and staves from the chief priests and the scribes and the elders. And he that betrayed him had given them a token, saying, Whomsoever I shall kiss, that same as he, take him and lead him away safely. As soon as he was come, he goeth straightway to him and saith, Look at this, Master, Master, and kissed him. And they laid hands on him and took him. And one of them that stood by drew a sword and smote a servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. That was Peter, by the way. Jesus answered and said unto them, Are ye come out? as against a thief with swords and with staves to take me? 
I was daily with you in the temple teaching. He took me not. The Scriptures must be fulfilled. Look at verse number 50. And they all forsook him and fled. Listen, that's not talking about those that were with Judas. It's talking about those that were with Jesus. They all forsook him and fled. They left him. And the master's plight becomes a reality. Jesus is arrested. He's taken before the chief priest and council. Now Peter is following afar off, even unto the palace of the high priest, it says in verse 54. He sat with some servants and warmed himself with a fire. Jesus is being put on trial. There are those that are bearing false witness against him. Verse 56 says, And their false witness against him, but their witness agreed not together. They couldn't even get their lies straight. Isn't that amazing? There arose certain and bare false witness against him, saying, We heard him say, I will destroy this temple that is made with hands, and within three days I will build another made without hands. Neither so did their witness agree together. The high priest stood up in the midst and asked Jesus, saying, Answerest thou nothing? What is it? these witnesses against him. But he held his peace and answered nothing. Again the high priest asked him and said unto him, Art thou the Christ, the Son of the Blessed? He said, I am. And ye shall see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power coming in the clouds of heaven. The high priest rent his clothes and saith, What need we any further witnesses? You've heard the blasphemy. What thank ye? They all condemned him to be guilty of death. Some began to spit on him, cover his face, buffet him, to say unto him, Prophesy. The servants did strike him with the palms of their hands. As Peter was beneath in the palace, cometh one of the maids to the high priest. She saw Peter warming himself. She looked upon him and said, Thou also was with Jesus of Nazareth. But he denied, saying, I know not. Neither understand what thou sayest. He went out to the porch and the cock crew. And the maid saw him again and began to say to them that stood by, This is one of them. And he denied again. A little after, they stood by 
said again to Peter, Surely thou art one of them, for thou art a Galilean. And thy speech agreeeth thereto. He began to curse, to swear, saying, I know not this man of whom ye speak. The second time the cock crew, and Peter called to mind the word that Jesus said unto him before the cock crowed twice, Thou shalt deny me thrice. When he thought thereon, How are you watching today? Are you watching like a hopeful and waiting disciple? Or are you watching more like Peter? Listen. If anyone knew the truth, it was Peter. Peter knew and saw and experienced all that Jesus had to offer. He was there. He was present. Yet Peter, nope, not me. Peter stood firm. He said, I won't do that, Lord. I'll go with you till the end. Peter, you're going to deny me three times. Never, Lord. Yet he did. Who's watching? Who's sleeping? Who's uncertain of what's to come? Listen, both are possible. It's possible to be a faithful disciple, a follower of Jesus Christ, to be watchful, to not deny, to be faithful to the end, to be a witness, to be a gospel presenter. It's possible. Be watchful. Be alert. Be awake. It's possible to be a Peter. One is fruitful. One's foolish. One is rewarding. One is hard. Peter's life was full of ups and downs. But you know, in the end, as Jesus was crucified, Peter's heart was broken. As Jesus was resurrected, in his resurrected body, Jesus stood on the seashore Eating dinner, Jesus asked Peter, Lovest thou me more than these? Peter said, Yea, Lord, you know I love you. He said, Feed my sheep. 
Three times Jesus asked him that question. And every time Peter said, Yea, Lord, you know I love you. As if to say to Peter for every time he denied him, I forgive you. Peter went on to do great things for the Lord. Preaching at Pentecost, 3,000 people coming to know Christ as their Savior being added to the church, writing the books of First and Second Peter. Wow, what a testimony Peter ended up having at the end of his life. Dying a martyr's death. Oh, Peter had a testimony. He can. But I tell you, it's hard to watch and pray if you're tired. We must come to Jesus and find rest in Him. That is why He said, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. It was in Peter's pride that he said, No, Lord, I have this. We must not be prideful in that to say, I have this. May it be in humility that we come to God and say, I have nothing. But in you may I find strength. May in you may I find rest. In you may I find peace. I might be watchful. Always waiting. Always ready to share your word. With you all who will listen. Every head bowed, every eye closed this morning.